Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a very special Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Daber al Yisrael, Speak to the Jewish people and tell them, Kedoshim Tiyu, you should be holy. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse, Shabbos Parshas Achrei Kedoshim, which was the 13th day of the month of Iyar, in the year Tavshin Chaf Aleph. Exactly 60 years ago, the Rebbe said it in the morning in his room before prayer services, and then later on, 30 years later, so 30 years ago, in honor of Yud Gimel Eir, the 13th day of the month of Eir, it came out uh, certified and edited in the year Tafshin Nun Aleph, and we know Yud Gimel Eir is the anniversary of the passing of the Rebbe's brother, Bisar Yaleib. So the Chassidic Discourse was said and edited in his memory. It's a very, very powerful Chassidic Discourse. Um, just to point out a few things before we actually get into it. Number one, Zerba talks about the whole idea of the life of a Tzaddik and the life of a Baltshuva. And there brings out very, very important that everyone, for every mitzvah you do, you're a tzaddik at that moment. So it's the Amech Kulam Tzaddikim, we're technically all tzaddikim, but it's the avoid of a tzaddik, of a righteous person, the avoid of a Baltshuva, where the tzaddik has the power to draw down God and godliness into the world, versus the Baltshuva is going to achieve a greater height, a greater light. Um, as we know where it says, in a place where Balchuva, someone that returns to Hashem, could reach, a tzaddik can never reach there. But the goal is to create the fusion of both. And we'll see in depth in the Chassidic Discourse. Another powerful idea in this Chassidic Discourse, there brings the famous story with Yosef and his brothers, and about the importance of loving everybody, and the lessons we learn from Yosef at tzaddik. And practically, the source, why we should love everyone, is because the fact is Hashem created the world, and everything that Hashem does in this world is happening from Hashem, and Hashem is good. So everything is really for the good. So when you realize and you accept that everything comes from Hashem, and everything is good, so therefore, life is great. No one can do anything negative, God forbid, because it's all coming from Hashem. The Chassidic Discourse is also based on two uh, powerful verses in the Prophets. So let's mention them now. It'll be easier as we go, go, go forward into the Chassidic Discourse. The first one is from Prophet Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 19. In Chassidic Discourses, many Chassidic Discourses speak about the, this verse. The verse says, again, Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 19. The verse says as follows, V'yosfu anovim b'Hashem that anavim, humble people, will add in Yudke Vavke in Hashem, Simcha, they'll add, what will they add? They'll add Simcha, they'll add joy. The Evyoyne Adam, and people that are Evyoyn, totally destitute, Bekdoish Yisrael Yegilu, they will um, rejoice and celebrate with, with Kadosh, and the idea of Kadosh of Yisrael. That's a simple verse, and again, obviously we're going to learn the verse according to Chassidus, and everybody's going to explain it at tremendous length. And the other verse from Prophets, the writings actually, which Rebbe discusses in this discourse, is from Shir Hashirim, Songs of Songs from King Solomon, Perak the eighth chapter, the last chapter of Song of Songs, and the first verse, 
when the verse says, who's going to give like someone like a, it's a brother to me? And the Rebbe explains at length different commentaries. What does it mean? What 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 are referring to brother? What does it mean? And the simple verse is, stay imi, which a brother that we both nurse from the same mother. And the second half of the verse says, I will find you outside and I will kiss you. No one's going to despise me for having that powerful and meaningful relationship. So those are two verses which are mentioned over here in this discourse. So just to mention it uh, up front so you'll have a, a good reference to it. All right, so now we're going to get into the Hasidic discourse. It's a long Hasidic discourse, so relax. Enjoy if you want to get something to drink, some water, or whatever you want. L'chaim, l'chaim. Okay, so the Hasidic discourse begins on the verse in this week's Torah portion where it says, Daber el koladas b'nei Yisrael, speak to the whole uh, nation of the Jewish people, and you just tell them as follows, Kadoshim to you. Hashem is instructing us, commanding us, we should be Kadosh, we should be holy. And the verse says, why should we be holy? Even though not all the, not all the commandments give a reason. But over here it does, and it says, Ki Kadosh Ani. Because I, Hashem, am Kadosh, therefore you should be Kadosh, you should be holy. So the Medrash on the Pasuk says, so one might think, you should be holy, because I'm holy. So Yachal Kamayini, you might think that you should be holy as me. So therefore the verse says, Ki Kadosh Ani. I am Kadosh, which means the real Kadosh, that's only me. My holiness is greater than your holiness. You should be holy, but don't think you're going to be like me. You have to be like me, because I am Kadosh. I am the ultimate in Kadusha. So the Rebbe asks a question, what's even the thought to think that we should be like Hashem? The Medrash is saying, no, 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 you can't be like me. I'm the real Kadosh. What's even the thought that you could? Hashem is infinite. So obviously, there must be a, 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 a thought that we would think that we should be like Hashem. What would be the reason? Even though Hashem is infinite, we're finite. Because the verse says, Kedoshim to you, you should be holy. Why should you be holy? Ki So the verse is stating clearly, you should be holy because I'm holy. In other words, why am I being holy? Because Hashem is holy. And Hashem is holy, you should be like me. So obviously, that we should be similar to the holiness of Hashem. And therefore, we would think Yachal Kamayni. That, that's the reason why we should think Kamayni. And we all know what we the, what we the logic that we should be like Hashem, because we all know it says Yisrael the that the Jewish people and Hashem is really all one. So therefore, since we're one, we have a relationship with Hashem. So if that's the case, that we are we are like Hashem, and we could possibly be like Hashem. So we have to understand why does the Medrash say that Hashem's holiness is higher than our holiness? As a matter of fact, the verse says clearly, that because I'm holy, therefore you should be holy. So the verse is saying it. So why would the message of Yachal Kamayni and difference is not? So the Rebbe brings from the Alta Rebbe and Lakut Torah, and he says like this that when the Torah is telling us, we should be holy, how do we become holy? So the Alta Rebbe explains how do we become holy? We become holy by doing mitzvahs. When we do the mitzvahs, the 613 commandments, 248 positive commandments, 365 negative commands that we stay away from, then we draw down Kedushan upon ourselves. So every time we do a mitzvah, anytime we refrain from a mitzvah, the aura of Kedusha becomes over us through the action of mitzvahs. That's Kedushan to you. 
Now, Kikadoshani, which is the holiness which is higher than we that we can we, we can achieve. Those um, mitzvahs can get you there, but so the author says, you know what could get you there? Truva. When a person repents, then you can reach Kikadoshani. So the rabbi asks a simple question. What is the author saying? Through our avoidah, mitzvahs, okay, we can become holy. Hashem's holiness that we can't get to through mitzvahs. Why? Because it's our own, our own avoda. We can't go so high. However, when we do tshuva, we can, go, we can go so high, so powerful. So one second, the rest, one second. How are you doing tshuva? It's not a gift from above. We do tshuva. You do some serious introspection. You do you, you practice remorse, and therefore it's your it's your tata. You're doing the avoda. So why is it called kedusha, which is higher than your holiness? If technically mitzvahs and, and tshuva is the same component, so mitzvahs only reaches our holiness, and but tshuva can reach so high. How does that work? And obviously, through this discourse, the Rebbe is going to explain that. So Rebbe explains like this, and he says as follows. In the Medrash, when it says, you would think that we can be like Hashem. So it comes in continuation when the Medrash says, and the Medrash quotes another verse in the Torah. In Deuteronomy, it says, you'll be only on high. So over there, the Medrash says on the same verse, you're going to reach the same height as me. No, no, so the Medrash is clearly relaxed. In reference to that verse. Gudulasi doesn't say Kadesh, it says on my law, high. So Gudulasi, my height is higher than your, your height. That means we can't never reach that, that level of height. Now, so based on this, the Rebbe says, what we just learned in, in the Kutta Torah, what did the author write? That this Kedusha of, that Kedusha Aschem, our Kedusha comes through what? When we do mitzvahs. But on the other hand, through the avoid of Tshuva, we can reach Kedusha Aschem. So Rebbe says, so if that's the case, the same logic would apply to where it says, In other words, there's obviously our greatness. Hashem's greatness is much higher, which we obviously can't reach. But the fact is, according to the Kutatari, we could reach it by doing tshuva. So the same thing also, there must be something that we could do that we can even reach, um, the greatness of Hashem, by some type of higher, of a, a higher avoidance. And Dara makes it clear and he says like this. Obviously, we're dealing with the idea of Kedusha, and we're dealing with the idea of Gedula, holiness and greatness. So the Rebbe says g- g- holiness is much bigger and much greater than, 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 than greatness. Why? Because what does Gedula mean? Gedula means it's expansive, quantitative, it's more. It's more spread out, it's more revealed, more of something. And matter of fact, that's why we know Chesed is called Gedula. What is Chesed? Giving. And Chesed is expressed in, in the Chesed Agdula, which is referring to Agvura. So Agdula is referring to what idea of Chesed? Because Chesed is Agdula. You're, you're revealing, you're giving, and so on and so forth. Even according to the, some opinions that say that Chesed is giving, and Gedula is even a greater type of Chesed. In other words, it's Chesed of Bleakvul. Chesed without a limit. Chesed you're giving with a limit. Gedula means you're giving without a limit. But the Rebbe says, even if you want to say that Gedula is more than Chesed, but it's still giving more and giving infinite but it's still a level of revealing revealing infinite however kedusha what does kedusha mean holy what does holy mean separation and what does separation mean it's not more it's the essence which is totally separated from the whole idea of 
revealing and uh, and quantitative more uh, more. So Nazar is making it clear that Kedusha is much greater than Gedula, even according to the opinion that Gedula is the infinite level of Chesed. So therefore, the Rebbe says, but the, back to the idea of Gedula, so this Gedula, our, our greatness and the Hashem's greatness. So even the level of Gedula, of Hashem, which is higher than the Gedula that we, that we accomplish, on the other hand, the avoid of tzaddikim, a tzaddik can reach the different levels of, of righteous people. So there's the avoid of regular tzaddik, which is, which is gedulashem, our greatness. And then there's a higher level of a tzaddik, which can even reach the level of gedulah of Hashem. Now, that's in terms of gedulah and gedulashem, our greatness and Hashem's greatness. A tzaddik can reach the higher level. However, when it comes to the level of tshuva, when a, when a person does tshuva, you can actually even reach the kadeshani, the kedushaschem of Hashem. So how do how do we go about reaching the level of kadesh through tshuva? We just said before, tshuva is what aravoda. So how are we going to reach the highest level, tired and gedula, and it's the level of kedusha and Hashem's kedusha? How do we reach that? So I was going to explain it based on. The verse which I mentioned in the introduction to the to the Hasidic discourse, the, um, the verse from uh, from Isaiah, where he says, "V'yosfu anavim b'Hashem simcha," that humble people will add in Yudke vavke simcha. They're going to add joy. V'evyoyne yadam, and the destitute amongst the people, b'kadosh Yisrael, they're going to reach the level of kadosh yagilu, and they're going to rejoice in the level of kadosh. So the Rebbe brings from the Alter Rebbe and Lekutet Torah. And he says like this: When the verse says "Yosfu anavim b'Hashem Simcha," who were we talking about? So the author writes in Kutta Soira says it's referring to the avoid of a tzaddik. In other words, when a tzaddik serves Hashem and has a tzaddik serve Hashem, he serves Hashem with anava and bittel, with humility. Then the tzaddik adds. Joy, simcha, in the level of Yud Kevavke, in the level of Hashem. What happens when the tzaddik adds joy in Yud Kevavke of Hashem? So then that Yud Kevavke, where he added simcha, and that gets drawn down into this world. So the author is explaining the first half of the word, 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 verse is referring to Avoid of a tzaddik. When a tzaddik does his avoid with another with bittol, with humility, he adds simcha and Yud Kevavke, and that Yud Kevavke energy comes down into this world. On the other hand, the second half of the verse, which says, Ve'evyoyne Adam. So what is Ve'evyoyne Adam? So the author says, Ve'evyoyne Adam is about tshuva. Why is about tshuva called Evyoyne, someone that's destitute of a, of a human being? And the explains very simple, because we know Adam, what is Adam? Adam means a person, a man. In Chesidus, what does Adam mean? Someone that's a person that's filled with Torah and mitzvahs. Otherwise, you're just a body. Another means that you learn Torah, that you do mitzvahs, the 248 positive, the 365 negative you stay away from. That's an Adam. What is an Evyoin? Evyoin means you're destitute. You don't have the Torah and the mitzvahs. And what happens when you don't have the Torah and mitzvahs? Then you're technically a body. But Evyoin the Adam means someone that realizes they're empty, realizes they're lacking in Torah and mitzvahs. And they want to return to Hashem. I'm destitute. I'm poor. I don't have Torah and mitzvahs. And that's why Evyoyne Adam is a reference to Balchuva. Because they're poor and they're destitute from Torah and Mitzvah. They're turning to Hashem. And when someone turns to Hashem and Evyoyne, 
that he's lacking in Adam, he's lacking in Torah and Mitzvahs, then they reach Kedosh Yisrael, they reach the highest level of Kedusha. The highest level of Kaddish where Hashem is totally disconnected from the world. Even higher than the level of a Yudkei Vavkei. So a, a Tzaddik only reaches Yudkei Vavkei and draws that down into the world. About Shuva, someone that, that recognizes and acknowledges the fact they're empty, they can actually reach what level? They reach the level of Kaddish. And Rebbe explains, knows that's from the Alter Rebbe, from the Torah. Now Rebbe explains like this. When a tzaddik, through his anivos, through his humility, adds simcha, joy in Yudke Vavke, and through that the simcha, the Yudke, the energy comes down into this world, that's the level the Rebbe explains of what the Medrash mentioned of Gdulasi Lamailam Gdulaschem. And also this Gdulaschem, your greatness. This gedula of Hashem, the tremendous greatness of Hashem. How do you get the earth tzaddik by doing the avoid of bittel reaches the level of dula and draws that down into this world? In other words, our gedula comes from yudkei vavke in its own, which is connected to the world and 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 and, and, and creations of the world. Gedula, our, our gedula, and there's obviously there's a there's a limit to the to the revelation of the yudkei vavke into the world. But what does it mean, the Yosfu, they're going to add into Yudke Bavke? We actually draw down the Gdula of Hashem Himself, of the infinite light, Gdula Si, and that comes down into this world. How does that happen? That happens through the void of a Tzaddik, through the void of Anivus. So that explains the first half of the words in relation to what? Of Gdula Askem, our, our greatness, which is the regular um, receiving the energy from Yudke Vavke, and, Gdula, and the, the Gdula of Hashem comes from the Avoid of Atzadik when he adds in Yudke Vavke Simcha, and that Simcha comes down to the world. On the other hand, what is that referring to? That's drawing down Kedusha Kadeshani, the Kedusha of Hashem. How do you reach that? When a person is in a level of Balchuva, then you draw down the most powerful energy down into this world. Powerful. So Rebbe's going to explain this now even deeper. And he sounds like this. He brings the verse that we already mentioned before from Shira Shirim, Song of Songs from King Solomon, chapter uh, 8, verse 1. Where it says, Who's going to give like a brother to me? I'm looking for that brother. That we both nurse from the same mother. So the Rebbe brings the uh, Rashi that explains when, the, when, when Shira Shirim says, Who's going to give like a brother to me? What is he referring to? What brother? So Rashi says, You know what brother we're talking about? We're talking about the famous brother. The brother we're talking about is Yosef at Tzaddik. Yosef was the famous brother. What do we know the famous story with the brothers? The brothers hated him. They wanted to kill him. They sold him as a slave. What happened after they sold him as a slave? They ended up down in Egypt. And after the father died, they thought, oh my gosh, their life is over now. Maybe Yosef is going to take revenge from them because maybe he was only nice because the father was alive. So now they came. They said, oh, we're so sorry what we did. And he said, Relax. And he was extremely nice and giving and 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 and, and wonderful to them. So the med, so the Rashi has said Rashi says when when the when Shira is saying is me Tanchaka Achli Bnei Yisrael are saying to Hashem we're looking for a brother. 
What does that mean we're looking for a brother? We're looking just like Yosef comforted his brothers. We want someone to comfort us just like the famous brother Yosef at Sadiq comforted his brothers that they were not nice to him. They gave him bad. And he actually comforted them. So that's what, the, that's what Rashi says it's referring to when it says Ka'achli. That we're looking to Hashem. Hashem, we need that brother. We need that, that brother Yosef at Sadiq to com- comfort us. That's Rashi's opinion. The Medrash says, who's the brother? Medrash says, yeah, it's the same brother, Yosef. But not the way Yosef treated his brother, all the brothers, but specifically the relationship we're looking for, like Yosef had his relationship with his brother, Binyamin, his, his, his single brother from the same mother. That's what the Medrash says. Two different insights. Now, so the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Chabad Rebbe, explains, according to the Medrash, why do we have to say that it's not speaking at Yosef and all the brothers? Why do we have to say specifically Yosef and Yemen? So the Tzemach Tzedek explains very simple. Because we want Hashem to be like to be with us, just like Yosef was with, with the Yemen, and not necessarily that Yosef was with the brothers. What do you mean? So the, the Tzemach Tzedek asks, what do you mean? Why not? Why is the Medrash saying that it should be like Yosef and Yemen? Seemingly, what's a bigger novel idea that we should have like a, like the brothers seemingly Yosef and the brothers why because the fact is the brothers were not nice to him so the fact that Yosef is nice to Benyamin they were brothers they got along the fact that Yosef was nice with the brothers that's a big chiddush that's a novel idea they didn't get along so why is the mentor saying that specifically Yosef and Yemen so the Tzemach Tzedek explains very simple because the fact is that before Yosef was extremely nice to his brother, he actually caused him a little pain and suffering. Why? Because he wanted him to do tshuva. He wanted him to repent. After they repented, then he was good to them. And since we're turning to Hashem, we're saying, Hashem, wipe out all our sins, but we want you to wipe it out, not without any pain and suffering. So therefore we tell you, Hashem, Please be to us like Yosef and Minyamin. We don't want to have the experience of Yosef and his brothers where first he actually caused them a little pain and suffering so they, they repent. That's what the Tzemach Tzedek explains. Why the Medra says it's specifically Yosef and Minyamin that we're asking for and not necessarily according to Rashi that we're asking to be like Yosef and all the, all, all the brothers. So the Rebbe asked one second. Very, very nice. Nice insight. But what are we asking? We're looking for someone to be like a brother. In other words, why? If Hashem really has to be nice to us, what do we need to come on to that we're looking for a brother? Be nice to us, because we, 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 you owe it to us to be nice to us. Obviously, we're not behaving like we're supposed to. Nevertheless, we want you to be like a brother. So the, the parable makes more sense with Yosef and the brothers where they were not nice to him and still he was nice to them. Binyamin was nice to Yosef. So what's the connection with Yosef and Binyamin? It doesn't match up. So the Alter actually explains in the Kutli Torah in the famous discourse of the Alter that actually is on this verse, Mi Ka'achli, and the Alter explains as, as follows. A whole different insight. That Mi Ka'achli, what is it referring to? It's referring to brothers. What, spiritually, what does that mean? It's referring to tzaddikim, righteous people. And then when the second half of the verse says, I'm going to find you outside. Who's outside? A brother is inside. Tzaddikim are inside. In the inner circle. 
Who's outside? Someone that's not connected. So it's referring to the avoid of Baal So again, so the author in the, in the Mimer takes the verse, splits it in half. The first half of the verse where it says, like a brother is referring to the avoid of Tzadikim. We're brothers. We get along. We see eye to eye. We have a good relationship with Hashem. The second half of the verse where we're outside is referring to the avoid of Baal so Rebbe says, based on this, possibly you can say, this that it says in Lekutei Torah, that the first half of the verse is referring to the level of a tzaddik. So that actually jives well with the medrash that it says that who's the brother? Yosef Minyamin. Two tzaddikim. They're both righteous. They both got along. However, according to Rashi, that says that who's the ach? Who's the brother? It's talking Yosef and the brothers. So according to Rashi, seemingly, it's not like the Lakota Torah that says that it's about tzaddik. The Chayyar seemingly talking about about Shuvah also the first half of the verse. But the Rebbe says that based on what the Tzemach Tzedek explained, that why are we saying like Yosef and Yaman? Because the truth is, it really drives with Yosef and the brothers. But we're saying that even though it's Yosef and the brothers, but the problem with Yosef and the brothers is one caveat we don't like. Because Yosef caused a little pain to the brothers. So therefore we're asking Hashem that you should, even though it we, we, we should possibly receive a little pain and suffering. We're asking you, please treat us like Yosef bin Yavin. So, you know, so they're saying that even according to, um, even according to the, uh, um, the Medrash, what does it mean? That it's also referring to the level one of Balchuva. The first half is referring to Balchuva. You know, so doing, doing Chuva. However, in the Kutatari, the Adatabra writes, that is referring to what? The level of Tzadikim. So you see there's a difference whether the first half is referring to the level of Balchuva, which is Yosef and the brothers, or straight up, where it's talking Yosef and Yemen, it's the level of Tzadik, and later on, the rubber obviously fuses the two together. Okay, so we just learned that, again, in the first half of the verse, it's, whether it's the, it's the level of a tzaddik and it's Yosef and Yaman, or it's Balchuva, Yosef and the brothers, and the second half, it's definitely the, the idea of what? Of the avoid of a Balchuva. Now, since we're talking now about this verse, about Yosef and the brothers, so now we're going to go into a powerful, in-depth discussion about Yosef selling, I mean, the brother selling Yosef at Tzaddik and the way Yosef treated him. And the verse is like this. <clears throat> it's known that the intent, in Hebrew it's called the Kavana, the intent on high from Hashem with Yosef going down to Mitzrayim, why did he go down to Mitzrayim? What, you know, technically, you can say the brothers sold him, and then they came down, they needed food. That's the pshat. That's the simple story. But there's a reason behind everything. What's the real reason why Yosef went down to Mitzrayim? So the Rebbe explains, based on, brought down many places in Chesedus, that Yosef went down to Mitzrayim to elevate the holy sparks that were in Egypt. Spiritual mission. Yosef went down on a spiritual journey to elevate the holy sparks that were in the land of Egypt. As the verse says, clearly, He went to gather all the silver. So it doesn't only mean literally physical silver. It means all the, all the sparks of holiness. Why did he go down? So that if he gathers all the sparks of holiness, when B'nai Yisrael come down to Mitzrayim, guess what? Most of the job will be done, and therefore Gullus will be easier for us. That's the reason why Yosef went down to Mitzrayim. In other words, the fact that Yosef went down to Mitzrayim, that caused B'nai Yisrael to go into Gullus and exile, that's externally. That's not the real story. That's the technical story. But the real reason, the Kavana Primis, the internal reason is to elevate the holy sparks there. 
So knows the real reason why Yosef went down was to elevate the sparks so Gala should be easier for B'nai Yisrael. Now, the fact is, because we all know that the decree for the Jewish people to be in exile was 400 years. In reality, how many years were we in Mitzrayim? Only 210. 190 is gone. Why? If we were supposed to go down to Egypt for 400 years, how come it's only 210? The answer is very simple. Because we were going down to elevate the sparks. And the plan was it would take 400 years to elevate the sparks. But Yosef going down before and gathering all the, all the money, which means he elevated the sparks. So therefore, by the time we get down there, we only had 210 years left. Not only that, if you go, want to go into a step, a step further and a step deeper, the Rebbe says, even the 210 years that we were trying to elevate the sparks, the hard, you know, the hard labor that the Jewish people went through, the hard work and the hard suffering was only for exactly 86 years. So from 400, we were only down there for 210, and even the 210 years, only 86 was hard labor. In other words, so what, come, what do we see from here? The fact that the brothers sold Yosef to Mitzrayim, was that something Hashem wanted or Hashem didn't want? For sure Hashem wanted it. Why? So that Yosef can go down and make the Golos easier for Bnei Yisrael. To, to make the Golos easier and to elevate the sparks quicker. So there's no question from an internal perspective, subconsciously, when the brothers sold Yosef, Hashem was on board 100% for a good reason. So that Golos would be easier, we're there for 190 years less, and even the 210 years that we're there, we only had to work very, very hard for 86 years because Yosef already did most, most of the spiritual work. Now, so if that's the case, what do you want from the brothers? What did they sin? And the answer is very simple, because they didn't know this whole calculation. And when they sold him, they sold him because they didn't like him. So the fact is, they didn't like him. And because they didn't like him and they sold him, so that's what they, 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 from their perspective, they did something wrong. And never takes it a step further. And he says like this. In other words, what are we saying? The brothers, when they sold him, true, fine. They, from their perspective, they did something wrong. But from the kavana, from the intent, it was nothing wrong. They did what Hashem wanted. So the Rebbe says that even according to the opinion that Yosef went down to Egypt, it was before we said he went down to elevate the sparks, but even according to the opinion that he went down so that we should go into Golos. And we have to go into exile. Because we know the famous verse when Yaakov told the brothers to go look for Yosef and he told them, so it says in the, in the Pasuk, by Yishlecheyu, Yaakov sent the brothers to look for him. He said, from the depth of Hebron. So everyone asks, what do you mean? Hebron was on a mountain. What do you mean from the depth of Hebron? So Rashi explains, from the advice from someone deep down buried in Hebron from Ram Avinu, Hashem told him, they're going to have to go into exile. So in other words, when Yosef went to Mitzvah, even according to the opinion, we were going to exile. And because Hashem wanted us to go to exile. And so therefore, based on this, when the when when Yosef, when the, when the brothers sold him, they sold him and something terrible was going to happen. We're going to go and gull us. Even though that we, in order to go later on and receive the Torah, Martin Torah, we have to go through Gullus Mitzrayim. That was part of the process. But the fact is, the gullus was something which is not a good thing, according to this opinion. However, according to the opinion that the reason why Yosef went down to Mitzrayim, not for the Gullus, for the exile itself, but they went down to Mitzrayim, 
was to make Golis easier, to make exile easier. And we, like we gave the whole calculation before. So it turns out that going down to Mitzrayim was actually a good thing. Again, their sin was, they didn't know this. But the, what was happening was technically a good thing. So based on this, Rebbe explains very powerfully why Yosef tells the brothers, and he tells them like this. When they, they turn, they say, we're so bad, we feel bad what we did. And he says, no, Viata and you, and now, don't be sad. Don't feel bad. Because you sold me, why? Because Hashem sent me here to take care of you. So Rebbe asks a simple question, one second. Anytime somebody sins, you miss an opportunity, you don't do a mitzvah you should do, or you transgress one of the three or six of our negative commandments, it's against, you're doing something against the will of Hashem. The fact is, Hashem sees it. Hashem knows it. And obviously Hashem allowed it. Because if Hashem didn't allow it, you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to transgress. So it was Hashem allows, allows it to happen. Nevertheless, when you did a sin, Hashem forced you or you chose to do it? You did it. You chose to do it. And the fact is, the fact that Hashem knows, it's not a contradiction to, to choice. We have freedom of choice. And therefore, so even though ultimately, when anytime something happens, it's with Hashem's okay. But the fact is, we chose to do something against Hashem. So if a person chooses to do something against Hashem, you lost out on the relationship of his positive mitzvah, or blotching, creating a negative effect by a negative precept. So therefore, when a person does something wrong, even though Hashem allowed it to happen, but the fact is, you chose to do something wrong. And therefore, there's something which is called tshuva. We repent for doing something wrong. So if that's the case, why did Yosef tell his brothers, don't feel bad? True, Hashem wanted it to happen. But the fact is, when they sold him, they wanted to hurt him. So what does it mean telling him, don't feel bad? They did something wrong. And Jeremy explains this, and he says something very, very powerful, and he says like this. Anytime somebody sins, you're doing something which is wrong. What does it mean it's wrong? It's the opposite of the will of Hashem. So for example, Hashem says, do this mitzvah. And you don't do it. You're, you're not doing the will of Hashem. Hashem says, don't do this. And do the opposite. You're not doing the will of Hashem. You're doing the opposite. Now, even though Hashem is, so to speak, allowing you to sin, because the fact is, you would, He gave you that choice that you could sin, technically. So why is Hashem allowing you to sin? Not because He wants you to sin, because when a person's going to do something wrong, and then you go, oh my gosh, what did I do? Then you're going to do tshuva, you're going to repent. So what happens, once a person repents, and we know when a person repents, you'll never do it again, and actually you'll reach a higher place. So Hashem allows it to slip, because we become stronger from the slip. But when a person sins, why does Hashem allow us to sin? So that we can do tshuva afterwards, and we'll reach a higher place. But when a person is sinning, are you doing the will of Hashem or not the will of Hashem? You're not doing the will of Hashem. So when you're not doing the will of Hashem and you want to repent, guess what? You have to repent for what you did wrong. And that's how we do tshuva. So there it says that's in general by a general sin. Again, a general sin, you're going against the will of Hashem. True Hashem allows it so that you can do tshuva. But nevertheless, you have to do true before you did wrong, because you did something wrong. You went, you went against the Ratzon Hashem. But the Rebbe says over here is something totally different. 
when the brothers sold Yosef at Tzadik, did Hashem want the sale to happen? Not so they can shoot. Did Hashem want that sale to happen? Did Hashem want Yosef to end up in Egypt? Absolutely. The intent of Hashem was not so they, that the sale happened so they should do tshuva. That Hashem needed and wanted Yosef to go down to Mitzrayim. And as Yosef said, Hashem sent me down here so I can take care of you. And not only take it a step further like we explained before, Hashem wanted me to go down here so that from Hashem's perspective, he needed Yosef to go down so that Gullus should be easier. We ended up wiped off 190 years from the Gullus. We only had intense work for 86 years. So going when the when when the brothers sold him, the intent of the sale was not a chet. When you transgress one of the commandments, Hashem does not want you to transgress it. Okay, he allows you to do it, and then you do tshuva. This Hashem wanted it to happen. And this was specifically Yosef tells the brothers, Hashem sent me for here for you. And therefore he tells him, There's no reason for you to be sad because you sold me. Because Hashem wanted the sale to happen. Powerful. Hashem wanted the sale, sale to happen. But on the other hand, you're going to say, One second. Let's even say Hashem wanted the sale to happen. So that what? Gullah should be easier. Exile should be easier. Um, I should be able to take care of you. But the fact is, for Yosef Tzadik, was that a good thing for Yosef to be away from his father? From his brothers? From his siblings? From his family? Technically, great. It was a good thing for Bnei Yisrael. But why should the innocent Yosef suffer? So therefore, therefore Yosef adds and he says, Lo yatem It's not you that sent me here. It's not because of you I came here to suffer. Hashem sent me here. Hashem made me in charge of Paroi. Hashem made me in charge of, 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 of Eretz Mitzrayim. In other words, it's not a bad thing that I came down to Egypt. Even for me, Hashem wanted me to be here, to be in charge of Paroi, to be in charge of Mitzrayim. It's not a bad thing at all. And the Rebbe says, this idea, Yosef's attitude... This is an attitude that we have to have between any person to another person. We have to realize that anything that happens to us, Hashem wanted it to happen. It's not that person that did it to you. It's not this person that did it to you. Hashem runs the world. And therefore, anything that happens to me is coming from Hashem. And therefore, I have no issue with anyone that did anything to me to harm me. Because it's not the person, it's Hashem that's doing it. And there, 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 the Rebbe brings in Tanya, where the, Tanya, where the author writes in Tanya, very, very simple, clear, black and white. In other words, even if somebody does something to you, the opposite of good, he doesn't use the expression negative, that he does something bad to you, but the opposite of good. So obviously we know what that is. So what does author write in Tanya? Ha'emes, the truth. Not politically correct. The truth. That this that happened to you comes from Hashem a friend did something terrible to you not good in the language of the Alter Rebbe what is Alter, what is Alter Rebbe right? it's coming from Hashem not only that the Rebbe says obviously if it's coming from Hashem something great is going to happen something good is going to happen to you why? because we all know what it says in the Talmud call, call the Ovid Rahman Ovid Anything that Hashem does, He does for the good. So if something happened to you from Hashem, it's good. 
Now, the fact is, when it came to the selling of Yosef, we all know the story. It's clear that it was, at the end it was a good thing. The Torah tells us a story. Unfortunately, our life, we don't see it necessarily right away. Or sometimes we'll never see it. But it doesn't change the fact. It's all good. Now, Deborah says, based on the idea that everything in Torah is very, very specific. Every single verse, every single word, every si- everything is very specific. So the Rebbe says, based on this, he explains very powerful. What do we say to Hashem? We're looking for a brother. What brother? It's like Rashi says, like the brother that just like Yosef at Sadiq, Yosef treated his brothers. What does that mean? Even though we were not nice to him, we want you, Hashem, to be like a brother, like that famous Yosef at Sadiq, that you should be nice to us. Why? And Deborah explains very powerful. Because history repeats itself over and over again. Which means anytime somebody does something not nice to someone else, it it it's a, it's a spin-off. And it's similar to what the brothers did to Yosef Atzadik when they sold him to Egypt. So, you know, as you take any action negative that happens today in your life, someone else's life, what's the essence of it? It's the essence of what the brothers did to Yosef at Sadiq, where they went ahead and they sold the brother as a slave. So this one does this, that one does... It's all a different package, but it's the same idea. What's our request? Our request is, In other words, even though through our actions we caused a disconnect we were disrespectful to you Hashem just like the brothers were to Yosef but we want you Hashem to be nice to us just like Yosef was to the brothers what does that mean practically? he never explains practically the story of our life and he says like this the story of every one of our lives we all have a physical body we all have an animal soul and we all have a godly soul the godly soul, before it came down into the body, where was it? It was with the infinite God. Neshama Shinasatami, Tahoyrihi, it was pure, it was with the infinite God. When the Neshama comes down into the body and with the Nefesh with the animal soul, for the godly soul, that's exile. That's Gullus. Not only that, the Rebbe says, not only it's Gullus, it's exile, it's actually in prison. Prison of the body and the animal soul. So think for a moment. Every one of us, our neshama is in Golas. Our neshama is in exile. Our neshama is in shivya. Our neshama is in prison. Why is the neshama down here? Why is the neshama in Golas? Why is the neshama in prison? The reason it is here, it's on a mission. It's here to transform and to refine the body and the animal soul and the world. And make the world a vessel for godliness. We're here for a mission. True, we're, if true the neshama is in exile, and true the neshama is in gullus, and it's in prison, but it's here for a reason. To transform our body, transform our animal souls, transform the world, that it should be a vessel for godliness. Not only that, when the neshama does its job, the neshama itself gets elevated. So it's here to do work, and to be elevated by, by doing its work. So therefore, the Rebbe says, 
let's get perspective. The neshama is an exile in prison. It's here to elevate the body, refine the body, refine the animal soul, and then get elevated itself. So every single moment that the person is not doing its work, which means bringing light into the world, into the body, into the animal soul, and elevating itself. So the pain and the suffering of the neshama of the soul, the fact that it's an exile and it's imprisoned in the body and in the animal soul has no meaning and has no purpose. Why? Because when a person's serving Hashem, and when you're serving Hashem, you're fulfilling your potential, you're fulfilling your your mandate, your wish, your 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 drive that you're here for. So then what happens is you're doing, you're transforming the body, you're transforming the soul, you're elevating yourself. So the Neshama has tremendous pleasure. Why? Because it's fulfilling the will of Hashem. It feels great. It's fulfilling the will of Hashem by transforming the body, eleva- elevating the soul, elevating the animal soul. And it actually ele- gets an elevation for itself as well. So it has tremendous pleasure. In other words, the body gets satisfaction from physical things. The neshama gets satisfaction from transforming the body and the animal soul and elevating itself. And even though it's painful and it's in exile, it's in suffering, it's in prison, it's worth it. Because it's fulfilling its mission. But when the the neshama is not doing its work, work, and on the contrary, when it's doing things it doesn't want to do, inappropriate things, so the neshama is literally in exile. And it's in prison. And it has no... It doesn't feel like it's, it's, it, it has no purpose in life. Now, the takes it a step further. The neshama is a part of the infinite God. So when the neshama is in Golas, when the neshama is in prison and in pain and suffering, who else is in pain and suffering? The Shechina. Hashem himself is in Golas. Hashem is suffering. So therefore, practically, what does that mean? When a person doesn't behave like they're supposed to, and knows you're not fulfilling your, your shlichut, your mission in this world, even when you're not transgressing, but you're not fulfilling your mission, you're not proactively refining the body and the animal soul and bringing light into this world, you're literally doing to Hashem what the brothers did to Yosef. That they sold him as a slave, and they caused him to go into prison. We, if we're not doing our void, we're causing the Shechina. Not only the Neshama, the Shechina, Hashem to go into Golas. A step further, the Rebbe says, <clears throat> when the brothers felt bad what they did to Yosef, what did they tell him? We're embarrassed. Why? Why are we embarrassed? Because after we went ahead and we threw you in the pit and we were going to sell you, what happened? You pleaded with us. You begged us. Please. Get me out of here. Don't sell me as a slave. What happened? We didn't listen. And what they said was, we sold you as a slave. We threw you in the pit. That's terrible. But when you cried for our help and we didn't have any compassion for you, that is worse than selling you. And there was a, that's the same thing also applies in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the parable. In our case, that when the, the neshama our godly soul, every one of us, our godly soul, and the Shechina, Hashem, is pleading with us, take me out of Golos, take me out of prison, 
And when, the, when a person doesn't listen to your neshama, and doesn't listen to the shechina, it's actually worse than the actual act of the, of the, of the Hashem being in Galus. Hashem and the neshama is pleading with us, take me out of Galus. Learn a little terror with me. Pray, do a mitzvah, bring light into the world, be happy, be unified. Chas Hashem, we don't do it. It's very, very painful. And that's, this, is the, this is the understanding of the verse where it says, Mi yiten achli. Where we're turning to Hashem and we're saying to Hashem, yes, we bunched up big time. But we're looking for a brother. We're looking just like Yosef treated the brothers. And Derba says there's many, many points over here. Point number one is, the fact is, even though the brothers were not nice to Yosef, but how did Yosef behave? He provided them food. He provided them housing for them, for their children. He gave them real estate in the best part of the land of, Israel, of, of Egypt. So we're asking you from you, Hashem, also, listen, we botched up. We know you're in Gullus. We don't always take care of you when we're supposed to. But take care of us like Yosef. Give us all, everything we need, physically, spiritually, uh, financially, housing, whatever we need. We want you to treat us like Yosef treated the brothers. That's the first thing we ask from Hashem. We have a shopping list. What goes further? Just like Yosef at Sadiq didn't have any anger or upsetness in his heart on the brothers. They sold him as a slave. And it was behind the fact that he was nice to them. In his heart, he didn't have any, any, any angst against them. And on the contrary, he tried to make sure they should be forgiven. As we mentioned before, that he caused them a little pain, not because he wanted them to suffer, so that he should, they should have complete forgiveness. So we're asking you, Hashem, just like Yosef forgave, forgave the brothers, and he was, you forgive us also, don't have any anger in your heart. Okay, you're going to be nice to us, but then you're going to be upset. No, no, we don't want you to be upset at us. In other words, the atonement by Yosef, he caused, he caused the brothers pain and suffering. We're asking you, Hashem, no, 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 don't be, be even better. Don't, forgive us, but without pain and suffering. And like the the uh, and that's why the Tzemach Tzedek explains that why was it, it says it's we, that's what we say to be like Yosef and Binyamin in that component that Hashem should forgive us and since Hashem is can do anything he could even forgive us without any pain and suffering like we know the famous uh, um, uh, Talmud Yerushalmi and it's uh, brought down in Medrashim that they turned to Hashem and they said to Hashem why does someone sins. So we know wisdom said one thing, Torah said something else. What did Hashem say? Repent, and you'll be forgiven. In other words, because when it comes to Hashem, which is totally above nature and above any limits, you can have a tumma without even pain and suffering, even without bringing a sacrifice. Just do tshuva. In other words, if you reach Hashem himself, say, I'm sorry, Hashem says, no problem, you're done, you're forgiven. So that's, that's, that's the next thing we ask from Hashem. And just like Yosef at Tzaddik, went and made an effort that we should do tshuva. And as we mentioned, that's why he causes pain and suffering. So we're asking for you, Hashem, that you should inspire us to do tshuva. But the inspiration should be without any pain and suffering. Inspire us to do tshuva. Sometimes we're not ready to do tshuva. Inspire us to do tshuva. And just like Yosef at Tzaddik comforted the brothers, and he said, relax, don't be sad that you sold me here, because guess what? It's all coming from Hashem. And his, what, 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 and he didn't just wasn't lip service wasn't politically correct. He actually showed them the internal reason why he was sold wasn't against Hashem's will. 
And it was not only it wasn't against Hashem's will, Hashem wanted me to go down to Golis so that I can be there for you and so that Golis can be easier. So we're asking Hashem that Hashem should not only forgive us, but He should actually reveal the Kavana Pnimis, the internal intent of our sinning, which is really to do, so we can do tshuva, so we can repent and reach a higher level. And when, when we, when what happens is when the intent of the sinning gets revealed, then the sin actually becomes a positive thing. Because if the intent of the sinning is so we can do tshuva, so once that's revealed, so the sin is not really a sin anymore. The sin is actually a good thing. We look at it as a sin as a bad thing because we look at, oh my gosh, look, look what you did terrible. But if the intent for the sin is to do tshuva, reach a higher place, then the sin is not a sin anymore. The sin is actually a positive thing. So that's our request to Hashem. That he should reveal the intent of tshuva. Because tshuva will reach us to the highest places where zdoinus nasleh is. Now, so the Rebbe now goes and he takes it a step further and he says like this. Even though in general we know that tshuva, repentance, is much higher than the avoid of Torah mitzvahs. You learn Torah, that's great. You bring light into the world. You do a mitzvah, you bring light into the world. But however, tshuva, you can reach places that even a tzadik can't reach. Right, as we know, the famous line, that a place where Baal reaches, even a tzaddik can't reach. So that's on the level of tshuva. Tshuva, you can reach tremendous places. On the other hand, Rebbe says, we know when Hashem created the world, what does it say in the Zoya? That in the Sabbath, Hashem wanted to have dira betachtoinim. It should be a dwelling place, a dwelling place, where betachtoinim. So the infinite Hashem should dwell down to this world. How does the dear B'dachtayim get accomplished, not through tshuva. Tshuva takes you to a very high place. Dear B'dachtayim is saying the opposite, B'dachtayim, down here, this physical world, Hashem should dwell. That is the avoid of a tzaddik. What means avoid of a tzaddik? Learning Torah, doing mitzvahs, bringing positive light into the world. And based on this, we're explaining something very, very powerful, very insightful. We all know that um, the, the land of Israel is divided up amongst the tribes. And the base Hamigdash was specifically in whose section? In the section of Benjamin. Benjamin. Why? Why out of all people was it specifically in the, in the tribe of Benjamin? So Chazal tell us very simple. Because all the brothers sold Yosef. They were part of selling Yosef at Tzaddik. The only brother that didn't sell Yosef was Benjamin. So Benjamin was a Tzaddik. So therefore the base Hamigdash was put in the section of Benjamin because he was a Tzaddik. He wasn't part of selling the brothers. So the Rebbe says, what do you mean? The brothers, they truly sold Yosef. It was from the intent of Hashem, and they did repent, they repented. And the place where Baltruva reaches, even a tzaddik can't reach. So why is the, the, the base of Middash, specifically Minyamin's part? It should be in any other tribe. All the other tribes in Tshuva, they're not much higher to level than Minyamin. And so we know, it's brought down in Chassidus and explains very simple, that a Baltshuva, yes, will reach tremendous heights, will soar very, very high. But in order to bring godliness down into the world, dear betachtoinim, dear betachtoinim, a dwelling place for Hashem down here, that happens to the avoid of a tzaddik. And since what's the whole purpose of the base of Mikdash? Dira betachtoinim, Hashem should dwell down here. And therefore, it was specifically weird in the, in the section of Binyamin. So it's a revolutionary day now. There is, there is opening up the difference between avoid of a tzaddik and avoid of a
about Shuvah reaches tremendous heights, which is very powerful. On the other hand, that Tzaddik brings the Shekhinah down here. And that's why the base brings specifically in the, in the place of Inyaman. So everyone's going to explain it a step further. And he says like this. What's the quality of the Baal Well, we say that the Baal is much greater than a Tzaddik. Because a, a Baal is somebody that is Kovish as, as Yitzram. Meaning to say is he has a very, very strong Yitzhahara. He wants to do this. He wants to do that. He doesn't understand listening. But he conquers his Yitzhahara. He has to struggle. In Hebrew or in Aramaic, it's called the, the quality of Iskafia. Iskafia means practicing restraint. Not listening and not allowing his Yitzhahara to get the better of him. On the other hand, what's a tzaddik? A tzaddik is not about practicing restraint. He's busy bringing the light into the world. He's learning terrorism. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a struggle. The maila, the quality of a, of a tzaddik is his hapcha. He takes the physical, materialistic world and he brings light into it. He takes something physical and he makes it godly. A different avoid his hapcha, transforming um, neutral or negativity into something positive. What's the difference between Iskafia and Ishabcha? Very simple. When a person practices Iskafia, which we says that's the avoid of a Balchuva, so you're drawing into the world the infinite, Oyrin Saif, the infinite light of Hashem, which is above Hishtalshalus. Like the Zohar says, Kadiskafia Sitter Achra Iskafia. When you practice Iskafia, when you practice restraint, then Istalaki Kari the Kuchabrikh of Kulalman. Then what happens is the infinite light, which is an all world, the same, which is referring to the Oyra Oyra Soivev, that's what you draw down by Iskafia. So Iskafia brings in the level of what? Of Oyra Soivev. On the other hand, when the Baal does the avoid of Iskafia and he connects to the level of of the Oyra the infinite light, the, the 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 physical world is not a vessel for it. What's the proof? Because he has to practice Iskafia. If he, had, if he didn't have to practice Iskafia, then it wouldn't be a vessel for it. So, but nevertheless, Iskafia draws, draws in that light, but the world is not really a vessel for it. You're constantly struggling and fighting to try to bring in the light. But in order for the world to be ready to receive it, that happens through Ishabcha. By bringing in the light into the world in a way that the world is ready to receive the light. So that's the basic difference between the avoid of Ishabcha and Ishabcha. Now, so you're going to think one second. So Tzadik, what's the avoid of a Tzadik? To bring the light into the world. Ishabcha, transformation. So you're going to say one second. <laughs> I'm not a Tzadik. So says, this is a very, very, very revolutionary idea in this mind. Whatever says like this. Never said it's known, many Hasidic discourses, even someone that's level of a Bainani, which means you're constantly struggling, struggling, or even lower than a Bainani. So we're not dealing with a Tzaddik. Bainani, one level down, but even lower than a Bainani. Never doesn't say what it is. We can all draw your own conclusions, what they're referring to. But if anyone that's not a Tzaddik, you're a Bainani, or even a lower level, when you do a mitzvah, you're a Tzaddik. Why? Because the general idea of mitzvah is, is it goes into the carry of tzedakah. Anytime a person does a mitzvah, you're doing tzedek, you're doing righteousness. Therefore, since a mitzvah is, is, is tzedek, is righteousness, so everyone that does mitzvah is called a tzedek, based on the name of tzedakah. So based on the service, it's very simple. This idea that we say is hapcha, it has to do with tzedek and righteous people, it doesn't mean only someone that's a complete tzedek. Anyone at the time you're doing a mitzvah, you're on the level of a tzaddik. 
Why? Because why was why was the mitzvahs given? The mitzvahs are given to transform the tzarif bemis to refine the physical world. Every single time a person does a mitzvah. So when you're doing a mitzvah, that component of your body and your animal soul that's doing the mitzvah gets transformed. And in reference to that specific part of your body and your animal soul that gets transformed, that's doing the mitzvah, even though, yeah, it takes a scaffold to do it, but once you do the mitzvah, you created an ashabcha experience. Because the fact that before you didn't do the mitzvah, now you did the mitzvah, so you transform that, that area of your life. So, in other words, what they saying is, and it's a powerful idea because it really helps you you think oh i'm not a tzaddik relax no one's asking to be a tzaddik complete anytime you do a mitzvah you're doing you're you're doing an act of tzaddik you're practicing a sabcha and never says we can connect this to that an idea which is which um which is that some tzaddik teaches in a classic tzaddik discourse which is called lahavid in pesach sheni which actually uh, next monday is pesach sheni so it'll be a nice idea to learn a little thought about pesach sheni and the Tzema Tzedek explains in this discourse, he says, the difference between the first Pesach and the second Pesach. What's the difference between the first Pesach and the second Pesach? So he says it's like the difference between what? The month that it took place where the first Pesach took place and the second month where the second Pesach takes place. What's the first month? The month of Nisan. And the second month is the month of Iyar. What's the difference between the month of Nisan and the month of Iyar? So what happened in the month of Nisan? We know we went out of Egypt. What does it mean you were left out of Egypt? Egypt we know is not good, and we left. What is that in practical Kabbalistic terms? It's called Surmira. Egypt is bad, and Surah running away from Egypt. In other words, the bad is strong. Egypt didn't change. Egypt is the same Egypt. What Aravoida? Run away from it. Run away from the bad. Which generally Kabbalistic, what is that referring to? Surmira is Iskafia. So Avoida of Khaidash Nisan is what? Surmira. Iskafia. On the other hand, what's the avoid of Chodesh here? Now we're already out of Egypt. Bring in the light. Asay toiv, which is basically avoid of Ishabcha. And uh, the Tzermach Tzedek brings from the Alter Rebbe, where he says in the Torah, that uh, the, on the verse where it says, Be'echad l'chodesh asheni, in the first day of the second month, the so second month we know is referring to the month of Iyar, let's say somewhere to try from, from leaving Egypt. In other words, it's the second month from leaving Egypt, which means that the first month the avoid is leaving Egypt, Iskafia. Now, when you finish the first month, you finish the avoid of going out of Egypt, now you're into the second month. What's the second month? That's the second month, is the avoid of Ishamcha. So every, every avoid starts in the first month, Nisan, you see it's been trying, Surmina Iskafia, and then we go on to the second month, what? The idea of Ishamcha bringing in the light. Now, so basically, the 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 Tzemach Tzedek explains that's why in the second month of year, second month of year, which is bringing the light, what do we have we have the void of Sphere Soimer. Every single day, we try to transform another one of our midot, and not transform it, which means we transform it from just being a coarse midah into a to kadosh into a holy midah. So Sphere Soimer is the void of Ishabcha. You take one of the midah, it's chesed, gevurit, Ferris, and you you transform it as hapchav to something neutral or negative to something positive. <clears throat> so based on this, the Tzermach Tzedek explains that's why in the first month in Pesach, you see us from Tzrayim, we know the Torah says clearly, no chametz. You're not allowed to see it, you're not allowed to own it, you're not allowed to have it. Arrogance, nothing. On the other hand, second Pesach, you have chametz in your house. 
Why? Because in the first Pesach, we're not transformed. We can totally sink back into negativity. So skafya, oh, anything arrogance, anything chametz, anything negative, we're running. No, we have no relationship with it. Um, and we have to be very careful. By your On the other hand, when it comes to the second one, Pesach Sheni, we're already in the level of Yishapcha. Guess what? You can have chametz. It's not a problem. You'll transform it. And there was a, that's that's also the difference between what the level of a tzaddik. A tzaddik is a sapcha, and we know about tshuva the skafia. Why? Because we know that when it comes to a tzaddik, what is a, since a tzaddik is all about his sapcha, he has to, he's not afraid of the world. So when he sees something that you not Hashem says you can't have, he says, "Really, I would love to have it." Hashem doesn't let me have it. He's not afraid of it. He's not afraid of the world. He's not afraid of negativity because it's all about its transformation. Either he can bring light, and if he can't bring light, okay, he can't bring light to me. He doesn't have to run away from it. On the other hand, a Balshuva has to say, no, 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 EFC. If something Hashem says, no, I'm not touching, I'm not going near it. Why? Because he needs to have extra watching. The only thing he can do is a scafia. And if he engages, Hashem, he can fall in. So, but the, what the Rebbe is bringing out from this clear discourse of the of the of the Tzamech Tzedek, he's saying like this: What do you see clearly from here? That is hapcha doesn't mean total transformation. Even in one area that you transform, you consider this hapcha. What do we explain before? A tzaddik, everyone can be a tzaddik in the areas that you're transforming. It's not about a global tzaddik. Why? The Rebbe is very simple. Pesach Sheni takes place when in middle of Sfirah. And there's many, many more midot, many more attributes that have to be transformed. But nevertheless, what, 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 what does the Tzemach say? That the month of the year is a shabcha. How can it be a shabcha? Because the answer is because the midot that were already transformed are already transformed and then you do the shabcha. So a shabcha can be, the avoid of a tzaddik can be even on a, on a small scale or in the areas that you transformed. So now that it goes a step further and he says like this. What's the reason why Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, when we left Egypt, that was a skafia. We ran away. And Sviris Oimer is a shapcha, transforming, bringing light into the world. Why? Because what happened when we left Egypt, why couldn't leaving Egypt in a shapcha also? And the was very simple. When we left Egypt, what happened? Why did we leave Egypt? We all of a sudden became like tzaddikim, we're transformed. No! Hashem brought big miracles. In Hebrew, it's called the Sarusa de la A tremendous light came in, and there was a tremendous revelation on high. You didn't do anything for it. So it's great. We saw the revelation. We were inspired, but we were not internalized with it. On the other hand, so therefore it had, so Nisan had to be a skafia, because it wasn't something that we did, it was from above. On the other hand, what do we do there in the second month? That's when we do our spiritual work. In Hebrew, it's called the We're doing our work. <clears throat> and the revelation that we get by doing the work is internalized. So the first month is tremendous, powerful light, but it's not internalized. The second month is a lower light, but it's internalized. Now, so you're going to ask one second, but the fact is, the revelation from on high in the month of Nisan is much stronger. And that's the fact. Because we can only reach so high. Hashem revealed himself was very, very high. <clears throat> when we left Egypt, Hashem himself unrealed himself. The month of Iyar, we know it's called the month, which month? The month of Ziv. Ziv means only a ray. It's only a, it's 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 nowhere near, nowhere near the revelation of of of, of the of of the Khaidish Nisan. In other words, in the month of Nisan, the, the light is very, very powerful. The month of year, even with all our avoidance, it's only a ray. 
Generally speaking, when we do our void, it's very, very small. And how much most of the Rebbe says, even the void of Sphiris Oimer, the light that we're drawing in is very, very small. Why? Because when are we doing Sphiris Oimer? Before we even receive the Torah. So in other words, the Avoida that we're doing, we don't even have the Torah yet. So that's similar to like when the Avais, the patriarchs, when they did, they learned and they did mitzvahs before the Torah was given. Heaven was heaven, earth was earth. They didn't bring in a tremendous, they did, they always did their Avoida, but they didn't bring in a tremendous light into the world. <clears throat> and that's why there was a the month of year again is called the month of Ziv. It's only a ray. Why? Because we know it says in the Talmud who was born then. Um, we'll explain soon that they were actually born in Nisan, but it says who was born then. The, 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 the Avis were born then. And because we know the Avis of, of, of their, their, their connection with Hashem was Reichos, more like a, um, a scent. Just like the month of Ziv, the month of, the month of year. <clears throat> But however, even though in the month of Nisan, it's much more powerful, but nevertheless, it's not internalized. So therefore, since it's not internalized, and it's very powerful, and like they explained us, showed us it's much more powerful than the month of Iyar. But guess what? Because it's not internalized, the only thing we can do is a scoffy, we gotta run. On the other hand, when a person does your avoidah, and even though the light is not very, very strong, but when you do the avoidah, you're actually transforming the animal soul. And you're transforming it to holiness. And once you transform it, that's the level what of his hapcha total transformation. Now, so two things. So, till now, they were showed us that the light that was in the month of Nisan was very powerful, but it didn't transform us if we have a skafya. The light in the month of Iyar is much less, but we did our avoidum. That's the light that causes the skafya and the sapcha. But now they're going to show. A step further. Once we do a skafya, what does it cause? And once we do a hapcha, what, what does it cause? Till now, it shows the light, the powerful light that causes the skafya, and the lesser light that causes the ishapcha. Now, I was going to show that what happens is when you do the avoidah, how it works out. So, when a person does the avoidah of skafya, this is already after the light came in, now you did a skafya. So, then you draw on a very, very powerful light. On the other hand, when a person does a shabcha, no, you don't draw in a powerful light. What you accomplish is that the light should get internalized. Like we already explained before, when a person does a shabcha, you draw in the 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 infinite light. On the other hand, when a person does the avoid of his shabcha, then you draw in the light that's inter- internalized. So, based on Sarah explains what Rashi says, that why is the month of year called month of Ziv? Because the, the, the ziv of the world were, 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 were born then. So we mentioned before, the obviously already born in Nisan. What do you mean they're born in Iyar? No, so the Rebbe explains that because even though, yeah, they were technically born in Iyar, the light. But when did they come into the world, they became in the month of Iyar. In other words, the light that shone into the world and they were born, that was the month of Nisan. But in, when did they actually come into the world where they affected the world? That only happens later on in the month of Iyar. And that's why they're called, they, they were born into the, into the world in the month because they were technically born, that's a light. But when they were born into the world, where the world was able to connect to them, that only happened later on in the month of Iyar. So based on this, Shabbat is going to explain the difference between the revelation that takes place to the avoid of Tzaddikim, 
and the revelation that takes place through the avoid of what of a Balchuva. Okay. So when a when a Balchuva goes ahead and does his avoido, the avoid of Escafia, you bring in a very, very powerful light. However, it doesn't get internalized. On the other hand, when a tzaddik does avoida, the avoida v'skafia, then it gets internalized in a very, very powerful way. So the question is, why is that? And everybody explains very powerfully, and he says like this. Because the fact is that when a Balchuva does his avoida, he brings, he draws in a very powerful light, not internalized. A tzaddik, not a powerful light, but it's internalized. And there explains why. And he says like this. What does it mean when a person does tshuva? That means very simple. We're all human beings, and we do things. We do right things, we do sometimes do wrong things. A person does tshuva, you're basically saying is, I did something wrong. You're owning up to the fact that you're not correct. In other words, you're going out of your comfort zone. You're going out of who you are. So when a person basically says, you know what, I, I botched up. So you realize you're accepting the fact that your your Matthias, who you are, is not is not correct. So when a person basically obliterates his own essence, then you're a vessel to bring in the most powerful light, the light of Hashem. On the other hand, when it's Sadik that does his avoida, who's doing his avoida? He's doing the avoida. So when you're doing the avoida, you're bringing in light, great lights, powerful lights, but you're bringing in the light. And even when a, when a tzaddik does avoida with humility, and then we said it's a very, very powerful light, but guess what? It's still a revelation. And that's why the verse says, Hashem. Even when the tzaddik does the work with, as, with anivos, with humility, you're adding, quantitatively adding, in the Yudke Vavke. And as when they do their work through, through humility and uh, humbleness, you add light, into the infinite light of Hashem. But nevertheless, it's a revelation. It's more of the same thing. And you're adding it, we're into Yudke Vavke. On the other hand, when a Balshuva does his work, and when a, um, a Balshuva does his work, so then what happens is, he totally gets rid of self, and then he reaches the level of Kedosh Yisrael, Hashem himself, the essence of Hashem, which is totally disconnected and higher from any revelation. How can you do that? Only through tshuva. Self can only reach so far. Revelation, great things, it's wonderful. Non-self allows you to reach Hashem himself. And Derbeck says he's going to explain this base, and it's known, we know that, um, you're going to say, what do you mean? But it's, it's, it's humble. Derbeck says very simple. What does humility mean? Humility doesn't mean, I don't know who I am. No, you know who you are. But nevertheless, you're not giving yourself credit for it. Why? Because you know that the qualities you have comes from Hashem. Humility is a great thing. What are you saying? I have tremendous qualities. I don't mind. They belong to Hashem. But you're not saying, I exist. I have these qualities. And the qualities are from Hashem. But I still exist. The qualities are given to me from Hashem. Very nice. So when you when you're humble and you realize the qualities are coming from Hashem, so you add you're you're bringing in more you're you're bringing in more revelation into the world. But 
the fact is, what do you bring in? Only things that, you, that you're able to receive. But in order to receive the level of Kedosh Yisrael, which is the essence of Hashem, which is totally beyond any type of relation that we connect to, the only way that happens is through Avyoyne Adam. When the person becomes an Evyoyne, when he realizes, I'm totally empty, I have nothing. And when a person feels that he has nothing, that literally I have no qualities whatsoever, it means I don't exist. And then you're able to draw in Kedosh Yisrael. <clears throat> so you see clearly that there's a the major distinction between the level of a tzaddik and the level of Balchuva. In other words, like this. A tzaddik brings down godliness into the world. What type of godliness? Godliness that he can connect to. Even with his humility, he brings in godliness that he can connect to. A Balchuva already, nothing. So you're able to draw in the most powerful lights that exist. You bring a Kadosh Yisrael, you bring Hashem himself. So that's in terms of what the light that you're drawing in. A Balchuva can reach Kadosh Yisrael, the essence of Hashem. A Tzaddik will bring in, they're adding in light into Yudke Vavke and the powerful stuff, but not the essence of Hashem. Now, so that's in terms of the level of the revelation. But, on the other hand, the goal is that where should the light come down into the world? Like we said, dear Betachtoinim, Hashem wants to have a place in this world. The one that does that, that's a tzaddik. So Balchuva reaches a much higher light. But a tzaddik has the power to bring the light into the world. Because what's the whole idea of dira Betachtoinim? There should be a dwelling place for Hashem, the way Hashem is, into this world. Balchuva, he says, I'm nothing. I'm totally empty. Totally, and in Hebrew it's called Bittal Bovensiyas, totally doesn't exist. So how is he going to make a dwelling place for Hashem? So therefore the dwelling place for Hashem is only through a tzaddik. So based on this we say to Hashem, Mi yitencha ka'achli, we're looking for a brother. What type of brother? Like the brother of Yosef bin Yamin. Like the Medrash says. Like your brother Yosef bin Yamin. Why? Because even though we're searching to Hashem and we're saying, we were not the way we were supposed to. We behaved just like the brothers behaved to Yosef Atzadik. And therefore, we're doing tshuva. So on one hand, we're doing tshuva. We behave just like Yosef, Yosef, the brothers behaved to Yosef Atzadik. We're doing tshuva. We totally botched up. That means we're drawing in the most powerful light. But we're saying we want, like the Medrash says, we want to be like Yosef bin Yamin. Why? Because we want that the, the light should come down into the world. We want both. We want to be able to do tshuva, that we did something wrong, that will reach the highest lights, but we want to be like Yosef and Yaman, that the tzaddik, that the light should come down into the world, not stay above the world. And this is why we learned in the beginning, beginning of this the discourse, when it says, Mi ka'achli, so there's the debate. Is it referring to tzaddikim or bali tshuva? But the answer is, they're both correct, because we want both. We want mi ka'achli should be side the avoid of the tshuva, we're doing tshuva, because we want to draw in the most powerful light. On the other hand, we want to be ka'achli, we want to be like Yosef and Yemen, we want to also be like a tzaddik, that the light should come down into this world. And based on this, Rebbe explains, that's why it says, kedoshim to you. We should be holy. 
because Hashem is holy. So what we what we learned before that Hashem's holiness is much higher than our holiness. <clears throat> and the Ba'atar explained in the Kutti Torah that our holiness comes through a Isrusulatata. Hashem's holiness, Kadeshani, we can reach Hashem how? Through the avoid of Tshuva. But we ask, what do you mean? If it's our Avoidah, how are you reaching Kadeshani? And the answer is because when a person does tshuva, when a person repents, when a person has real remorse for they did wrong, you don't exist anymore. And when you don't exist, it's not it's not a sarusadilotata. Real tshuva is when a person says, I am sorry, I, the first word, that's not sorry. Sorry. I don't exist. I did something wrong. So Kadoshan Tiyu. Our job is to do through mitzvahs. You want to reach Kadeshani through tshuva. I tshuva is Ruslotata. No. Because real tshuva is I don't exist. And then you can reach Kadeshani. And based on the server explains why the Medrash says beforehand, before it explains the whole idea of um, Kadush, the Kadesh of Hashem is greater. Um, he first spoke about the idea of Gdulasi. The greatness of Hashem is higher than our, our greatness. What's the connection? What, what's, what's the connection? Because what's the idea of Gdulasi, the greatness of Hashem? In other words, it's higher. It's a higher than our, our greatness. Because the goal is that the, that revelation should come down into this world, like the void of Atzadikot brings it into the world. So the same thing also, just like Gdulaschem, Gdulasi, the goal of the void of Atzadikot brings the holiness into the world. And that's why the Medrash brings the two together. The same thing also when we do Kudushasi, the, 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 the Kudush of Hashem, that this infinite light of Hashem that we reach, reach through Tshuva, should, we should bring it down, just like Gdulasi brings it down into the world, it should be revealed in the world. Which means it should have the, the, the quality also of Isrusulotato. And by doing that, Rebbe says, then, we will uh, complete the intent of Dira B'Tachtoinim. So what Nazareth is saying is, extremely powerful ending, that what's the whole reason why Hashem created the world? He wanted a Dira B'Tachtoinim. What is a Dira B'Tachtoinim? The infinite light should be down in this world. How is the infinite light going to be down in this world? By A, on one hand, being the level of Baal returning to Hashem, we don't exist. And this way will reach the highest level, but then, we should bring it down into this world through our avoid of doing mitzvahs, the avoid of a tzaddik, which is just like the avoid of when we, we, we turn to Hashem, like, that we, 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 like we sin, like the brother sin with Yosef, we're doing tshuva. But the other hand, we want the brother to be like Yosef and Yomin to create the powerful fusion of, on one hand, bringing it, reaching the greatest heights, through Bittal, B'Metzias, the body of Al-Tshuva, but on the other hand, bringing in that powerful light into this world. Thanks so much for joining us for this great, a little long class, but deep, very powerful insights. Um, and let's hope and pray that we merit to actually each and every one of us do our own Tshuva on a personal level, on a collective level, we'll reach the greatest heights, but on the other hand, bring down the light into this world, and as Rebbe finishes off, that we can finish the intent of making a dear B'tachtoinim, where Hashem is revealed in this world. And when Hashem is going to be revealed in this world, we will all have a great and amazing, beautiful life. Have a great and blessed week. Shavuot Tov.